Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I am here, as always, with my co-partner in crime, Captain Jack, Yes, sir. who is fresh off a Cleveland baseball win Ooh. against the Mariners. <laughs> I won't go that say was, anything, but That dang. was a shellacking, bro. Dude. We took it to you the first game, and after the first game, I was like, oh, okay, okay, here we go. This is this is good. This is good. And then we done Mariner'd it. You, you got that Dude. fake Mariner. You got that fake what? Okay, this is what happens, people, to Seattle mm-hmm. Mariners fans, probably mm-hmm. right after the All-Star game. They get this, like, fake kind of built-up confidence. Yeah, and then and then it's reality true. sets in, and you lose fifteen <laughs> games straight, bro. It's, it's I, dude. The thing is, like, I don't have anything to argue. Like, it's it's so hard, man. It's so hard. They get our hopes up, and then they just go do something stupid. I mean, and- you could be like Cleveland and go to the World Series. And go all the way into extra innings and completely blow it, stuff like that. So I mean, hey, you know, we haven't. You're not done too that. far off. You're not too far yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. So. No, 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 no. We we would love to just make it to the playoffs. <laughs> like, look, last dude, last year the drought was over. We made yeah. it to the playoffs, and it was, I was the at, first time. I, hey, I was in at forever. the game when the drought was over. Surprisingly, I wasn't. I didn't. Oh, even you were. Think. You were actually at that game. I, I was forgot. at the game, and I, I just jealous. remember. It came down to the very last pitch, and I'm like, mm-hmm. if he, if Cal Raleigh somehow belts a home run, this place is yep. going nuts. Literally, I heard the mm-hmm. crack of the bat. I'm like, it's over, and literally yep. everybody's going insane in that place. It was awesome. So it was awesome. It was. it was fantastic. It was one of one of my favorite baseball moments of all time. So, I like baseball, dude. I I have I have kind of been disenfranchised with <laughs> pro sports. Yeah. Baseball is still really the only pro sport that I still semi follow. That's really it. Like yeah. I don't watch football anymore. I don't I well, I guess yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not an NBA guy. I don't play basketball. 
maybe some golf, <laughs> golf and baseball. That's it, dude. You know, you know what it is. I'm already retired. That's yes, what it is. I had one of our deacons, yes, one of our are. deacons, <laughs> one of our deacons at our church, dude. I was talking to him uh, yesterday. Uh, awesome dude. And I'm like, man, you know what I want to do? You know what I want to do this summer? I just want to. I just want to play golf and i want to go fishing and he's like so you, he's like so you want to be retired so you want to like, be yeah. 75 years old <laughs> and a river runs through it dude basically. i am yeah. going i am going to make a fantastic retired dude oh yeah absolutely i can tell you right now because i already love to do all the retired things yeah it's yes, i'm just absolutely. waiting i'm waiting Jack, my friend, uh, before we hop into our topic today, you have a a special selection for us. Why don't you get yes. into uh, the Reformatory Cigar of the Week, my friend? What do you got for us? This is uh, this was this was another cigar smoked in front of Josh again. <laughs> I feel like this is an ongoing. It sounds so dirty when you say it like that. Like I was also smoking. I wasn't just sitting here yes, watching you that, smoke. This. I mean, this is true. I watch. I actually watched Josh smoke the last cigar that we reviewed, and he yes. was like, "Whoa!" Like it, the the yes. revelations the, were the, coming to the, him. Um, you know? The um, uh, the allegiance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was good stick. So yeah. uh, this one, our. Uh, this week's cigar of the week is the Oscar Valadares Heaven and Hell, That's aptly right. titled Heaven and Hell. <laughs> That's it. There is That's two it. kind of bi- there's two kind of wrappers, I should say, to this cigar. It is a six by fifty two Toro. It mm-hmm. could either come in Connecticut wrapper mm-hmm. or um, a Maduro wrapper. The, Y'all know which one we we got. We, we don't. Yeah. We don't mess. We don't mess with Connecticut. I'm not smoking a Connecticut unless it's a Charter Oak or a Southern uh, Draw or a Southern Draw or the. Yeah. Gosh, what is that? The Rose of Sharon. I yep. I ain't smoking a whole lot of Connecticut's these days. But anyway, so aptly titled um, <laughs> for even for a podcast. Uh, so it is a Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper. Mm-hmm. That seamlessly, I'm reading this off of the web. I'm reading it this off of cigars.com. Okay, That's right. seamlessly That's right. cloaks a finely aged core of Honduran long filler and Mexican binder tobaccos. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a fan, this is just the. I think this is just the the writer who did this little blurb. As a fan of top quality Maduro smokes, this smoke quickly became a favorite amongst the collection in my humidor. Provide mm. an alluring medium full-bodied smoke with a lush with lush notes of chocolate earth, black cherry, and espresso that dance on the palate with every puff. I <laughs> am not it, going to go that dance. far, people. They dance. Um, they dance. Well, the, dude, okay. So for those of you on YouTube, I'm gonna show I I, I picked it up. So uh-huh. if you want to see what it looks like, Jack, yeah. It it, it has wings. It does. It it dances. With wings. It, Look at this. <laughs> that is the it, most ridiculous cigar wrapper Tim, I've ever seen in Tim, my life. Tim Burton made that cigar wrapper <laughs> primarily for this, for the, the Batman cigar. Dude, seriously, look at that. Get it as close as I can. That thing that is, is bonkers, dude. Um, It dances I will, on the palate. I will say this. So, a Honduran, so the binder is Mexican. I believe it's San Andreas. Mm-hmm. The wrapper is Nicaraguan. The fillers are going to be Honduran, right? Mm-hmm. This is made in Honduras. Yeah, man, that first third yep. is really sweet. Mm-hmm. 
Heaven. And these are and these are not natural. Yeah, it does get into the hell part in the second and third. <laughs> thirds. Okay, the heaven part is right there at the forefront in that first third, uh, because it is Trixia. pretty. It is pretty like sweet and nice. And yeah. then it, I really, honestly, I didn't get the whole earthy tones until probably the second mm-hmm. third. And okay. so that Honduran tobacco really changes the game. I've seen more and more cigar blenders start to use Honduran tobacco because it does give a sweetness complexity to it. Yeah. Um, that is still kind of like Colorado aged and within that color of Colorado type of tobacco and color. So anyway, right. I thought this was a very good cigar. Um, I would probably give it a 4.5 out of 5. Mm. Um, I think the only problem that I had, but maybe this is just a user error, is it kept going out on me, but I think that's my fault because I wasn't puffing on it enough. You were you were, I were working it while working. I was working yeah. while smoking. You were making this thing, you were you you were wheeling and dealing. <laughs> I was making calls and uh, yeah 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 yeah. You didn't give it the attention that that it demanded. But uh, with that with that user error, I think it could probably be up in the fives. Yeah, beyond yeah. whatnot. Do you remember what the MSRP was on it? So I would I think it's right around the same as what the Allegiance was. Which is okay. eleven to thirteen. Eleven to thirteen. Yeah. So for just a Toro, right, that's really good. Right in the middle. Yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. All right. For a Toro, that's really good. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you heard it here, possibly for the first time. It is the Oscar uh, Valadares Heaven and Hell. That is the reformatory cigar of the week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today we are talking about, um, well, it's kind of a continuation, if you will. Old old Judah Smith, old Judah Smith gave us lots of lots of fodder, for, he lots did. of episode fodder. He did. The guy say what you will about him. <laughs> he he is he's he's good for a few eps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So last week we talked about. Uh, the whole the whole deal with his church and uh you know mandating 10% tithe from yeah. the elders uh and 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 we used we used that up to talk about specifically tithing in the church in general uh how what what how do we approach the tithe what does tithing look like in our church is it only money is it exclusive to money uh are we still bound by the 10% old testament law all, all that good stuff so if you haven't listened to that up Head back there, listen to that first. This is going to kind of going to be a continuation of that, just with a different focus. Jack, what we are talking about today is the the problem of mm-hmm. of adding extra biblical qualifications to the list that are given in Scripture. That is that. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. That is given in Scripture. Yeah. For a man to become an elder pastor of the church, yes. So we have done series on, <clears throat> you know, what constitutes an elder, the qualifications, yeah. and things like that before, right? We've done that yeah. on here, and the the scriptures are clear as to what the qualifications should be uh, for someone who aspires to the office of elder and pastor, right? Yeah. We get those qualifications in First Timothy and Titus primarily. That's 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 where you find those. Yep. 
Scripture gives the list that is to be adhered to. But yeah. for some reason, Jack, <laughs> in the local church uh, context that we find ourselves in, it has become increasingly uh, popular to add to those credentials. So you have you have problems on either side of the spectrum, right? You have a lot of issues that Jack and I have talked about before, a lot of issues where you have men coming into the office of pastor who don't meet the qualifications. Yeah. Right? They're they're in and it could be for one reason or another. They are mm-hmm. disqualified for the office because they do not meet the qualifications given in scripture. Okay? That is a problem. And we've talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast. Yeah. You have a lot of churches and this, you know, a uh, church home, I think, with, right? That's yeah. the name of his church with Judah yeah. Smith. It they show and 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 they they um they proved that there are issues on the other side of that spectrum as well. And you have churches who mandate certain qualifications from their elders, from their pastors, that are not in the Bible. Even their staff member, if you want to say staff members, they okay, could probably so say deacons. It wasn't, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just pastors. It was no, I think to it was be a, on staff there. To be on staff. I think, yeah. I think honestly, mm-hmm. and, and yet again, this is, I would have to look at this, but I mean, they are looking at pastor in a very different way that we are looking at that term. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, him and his yeah, wife sure, are the of lead pastors of the church, of right? course. And so yeah. that's a different way of looking at that. But yeah. they're adding to it and saying, if you want to be even part of leadership, you have to do this for us. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So uh, there's there's obviously many other issues with that specific church, right? But this whole kind of kerfluffle yeah. that has come up in the news has brought this up. Mm-hmm. That you have churches that are adding qualifications to scripture. Yeah. And saying, if you want to be a pastor here at this church, if you want to be an elder at this church, then you have to fall into this certain demographic and you have to adhere to these certain things. And a lot of those things that churches place on the heads of pastors and elders, you can't find in the Bible. So yeah. I'm going to list a couple that mm-hmm. I have personally come into contact with, okay? Yep. Uh, the tithing one is one of them, just because yep. I did I did my time in 829, mm-hmm. and that, that is something that, that I saw, and I never agreed with it, because I don't see it in the Bible, right? Are we going to make a new segment called, I did my time in 829? <laughs> Dude, I want that on a shirt. Yeah, I want that on a T-shirt. I did my time. I'm trying to make light of the of the pain that came out of that season. Yes, I I appreciate it, dude. I mean, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to laugh otherwise. Little vet humor, little vet church. Exactly, (laughs) vet humor, dude. Dark and sizzling. Yeah. So the tithe one is one, right? Um, Another mandate that is unbiblical is that in order for a man to be considered for elder of pastor, he must be a father. Mm-hmm. He must have children. Yeah. Right. They take the verse that, you know, speaks of him, him um, uh, ruling his household well and that his children are not, are not unruly. And they say, 
and they they take that to an unbiblical an unbiblical uh, application and say, see, therefore he must have children. And yeah. where if you're going to apply a correct hermeneutic to it, it's actually no. If he has kids, kids, then this applies. It yeah. is not mandating that he then have children, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, demanding that a pastor be of a certain age, mm-hmm. right? That you have to, you know, be a certain age in order to uh, take a position in a church. Uh, in that, in that, one of the main ones that I have run into. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I actually bought into personally for a long, long time is that in order to be considered for the pastorate, you must have a seminary degree. Oh, you must yeah. have a <laughs> master's, preferably in divinity, mm-hmm. but bare minimum, masters of arts in theology or biblical studies or something like that. And guess who, guess which denomination came out saying that you need that as well, too? Yeah. OPC. Yeah, they did. So I so anyone who listens to this knows that I have nothing but love for my Presby brothers and sisters. <laughs> I love them to death. The OPC, right? Which is kind yeah. of the step above the PCA, yeah. right? If, yeah. you, if you if you if you if you think about the <laughs> yeah. if you think about, you know, if you think about it as a road, right? You have the PCUSA, which is just a flipping ocean. Okay. It's not even a road, right? Like nothing's happened on there. Then you have the EPC, which is a little narrower, but still, you know, then you have the PCA, which is Papa Sproul, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's where most of my Presby brothers and sisters reside in. But yes. then you have the OPC and that, that is like walking on a, on a toothpick, <laughs> All right. And yes, they do. They are pretty strict. They are pretty strict. And and I would I I understand the reasoning again, because yeah. I grew up in that. I understand like it was like, well, we require, you know, one of the classic arguments is this, Jack. It's well, you know, we require doctors to have PhDs. You're not going to go to a doctor who hasn't studied. Why would we require less of our pastors? Right. Yeah. I, I understand the sentiment behind it. Yeah. But I don't think it's biblical. Yes, I don't think it is something that you can mandate. I do believe pastors should be educated. I do believe that they need to be fit to be able to utilize the word of God. But I do not believe seminary is the only way that that can be done. Yes. Because we're dealing with the word of God and the Holy Spirit that is living and active. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, It's not something that you can make a one to one correlation with with the healthcare system. Yes. Right. Correct. So did you have something on that? Um, no, I mean, there's just what you're bringing up right now. It just brings to mind yep. the fact that like Jesus did not have a seminary degree. So does that make him a lesser savior? Uh, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But then, does... you know, you know, but then people are like, well, he's Jesus. So, okay. Paul, okay, Paul was, so... Paul was highly educated. Sure. Right. But, sure. but there's no, there's no. There's no indication that that Timothy was, but Timothy, Timothy was tutored, yes. and he was brought up in the faith by Paul. Yes, right. So there is training there. Mm-hmm. It might not have been the formal training that Paul received, but, it but is there was an training. Apprenticeship, so to say. Apprenticeship. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, there are there are many churches, um, that require their pastors mm. to fall into certain demographic to have certain credentials have certain qualifications that are extra biblical yes right 
I do not think that that, uh, although some of the things that they require in and of themselves might be good things, mm-hmm. I do not believe that it is a biblical practice to mandate those things from an elder candidate, from a pastoral candidate. Yeah. That's trying that that's that's coming into your church, right? I, yeah, we have the qualifications in Scripture, and I believe those are enough. Yes. Otherwise, I believe that Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, would have added something. Yes. I mean, I believe in the sufficiency of Scripture here. Yes. I feel like yeah. if the Spirit wanted men to have pastors to have formal education, it would be in the Bible. The Borg cube would have landed from heaven and that would have opened <laughs> up and thus would have been some sort of heavenly education center and thus it exactly. would have been established. I don't know. Something there would have been a dream. You know how God works something. in in the book of Acts. Yeah. He has, yeah. you know the, There would have been something there. There would have been a tablecloth of books or something like that. Coming yeah, that's out right. Of the sky. It, it, it was the dream after. There were, the first one was pork, and all yeah. you know, and all the seafood, and then the second one was a bunch of systematic theology yep. books. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, Jack, I, I want to throw this question over to you first. Why? Yeah. Let's let's just start big picture. Why do you think it's so popular these days to add these extra biblical qualifications uh, or mandates to? The you know when when you're considering a man for for eldership, I think part of it. Unfortunately, I have to say this, but I think part of it, in some respect, is to try and prove that we're that you're loyal to this church, that um, you're willing to put stock in it, so to say. Mm. And by stock, that is a tithe. <laughs> sure, um, sure. I think it's a little, <clears throat> in somewhat, in saying that too, it kind of is not acting on faith as well too, because you're basically saying, well, we have to demand people to give in order for this, mm-hmm. th- in order for this ship to sail. Versus, no, God will provide for us. Uh, mm-hmm. God will find a way for us, and. The people who come to this church hopefully will give out of a cheerful and giving heart and not out of contempt and guilt um, because we're asking them to do this or we're we're kind of prepping them or or pr- giving a kind of um, provoke or provoking them in order to tithe. So I think part of it, why people do this, is because in some regards— it's to show your loyalty, um, which is like, why? Like, I'm already at this church. I didn't. I don't really need to show my loyalty any to you all any more than I'm already doing right now if I'm sure. in this process of becoming an elder. Um, yeah. Well, and just – and, dude, just that, that whole mentality, too, of, like, show us your loyalty. Yeah. Right? Even, right. even just think- that sentiment, yeah. It's 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 a weird thing. Now again, I think you should be committed. Like, yes, if you're going to your local church, you should be committed to those people and committed to the church, right? Yeah. But you're right. There is almost this 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 undercurrent of this is like this is a club, 
and you need to pay your dues yeah. and show your loyalty before we start investing in you, right? If 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 you want us to take you serious, you have to take us serious, right? And and it's just it's it's this it's this almost hierarchical where you have, you know, you have the members who have been here the longest, right? And they're kind of the inner circle. And if you want to break into the inner circle, then you got to do these things. And it's just not a healthy way of viewing church and honestly not a healthy way of viewing your 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 pastoral pipeline either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you just create creating those extra rings of of almost a a social hierarchy within the church. It yeah. exists, but it's just not healthy. Yeah, and unfortunately this is this is the this is the kind of skeleton in a lot of local churches within the Pacific North. I, I would say the Puget Sound. Let's just say the Puget mm-hmm. Sound, because the Puget Sound of Western Washington is the area in which Josh and I know the best. Yeah. And I would say in this, in the Puget Sound region, if you dig hard enough in a church that is either a former Acts 29 church, a former Mars Hill church, um, any kind of yeah. affiliation within that rank you are going to find basically the old bones of what was the bylaws of Mars Hill Church somehow, some way. You're going yep. to find pillars that are in there. And honestly, those pillars are kind of rot. <laughs> Let's be honest yeah. about this. And yeah, true. if you dig hard enough, you're going to find those things. But... I think that over time as well, too, let's be honest, Acts 29 has kind of, and we could, I think Josh and I can only speak from the Pacific Northwest. This could be different in different Acts 29 regions. We don't know. Oh, for sure it is. But for the Pacific Northwest specifically, we can speak to Mm -hmm. and say, yeah, probably the majority of churches that were either Mars Hill Church affiliated or Acts 29 affiliated or our Acts 29 churches have some sort of language like this. Yeah. And I think yeah, it yeah. goes yeah, back to the to the original kind of um pumping up the institution, pumping up the machine that was Mars Hill, that was X twenty nine, that was affiliated with Mars Hill. And mm-hmm. you've got to keep pumping, keep keep getting right. the blood flow, you know, throughout the body, <laughs> so to say. Yeah. And that is yep. dollars, and the ship ain't running if people aren't given. And honestly, you look at for I mean, this is the this is the tragedy of it too. You have Mark Driscoll, Dark Dark Crystal. You have Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal coming up on Sunday mornings, equating success of the church to dollars given, baptisms. Like yeah. membership, right? We talked about this last week and weeks before, but like those are very business standard models of success, mm-hmm. yeah. And they aren't kingdom yeah. values, really. Well, they're all they're all they're all they're all uh, uh, numbers oriented. Yes, very numerical right. success yeah. oriented, which is very mm-hmm. business based. You get right. more, but, uh, more, and that's more. what Mark's about. Yeah, of course, and is. honestly, still is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but see so so you have you have things like that. When you have when you have a when you have a structure in your local church that is already unhealthy and founded mm-hmm. on an unbiblical premise and using an unbiblical 
uh, a barometer for success, you're going yeah. to have unbiblical qualifications for your people because what you are going to look for is not the shepherd, mm-hmm. but the CEO. Yeah. You're not going to be looking for an individual that can lead your people well, that cares for the souls of your people, that has a heart to shepherd and care for the flock. You're going to look for the individual that cares about the bottom line, right? And you're going to look for the individual that can further the quote-unquote vision of the church. So you're automatically now going to be looking at the qualifications of this man and you're going to tack more on because what inevitably happens in churches mm-hmm. like that yep. is the qualifications given in scripture are not enough. Yeah, the goal they the need, goalposts need to be moved. Right. The goalposts right. need to be moved in order to prove yourself, in order to yeah. show us more. And that's not how God works. <laughs> no. That's not. not how God communicates with us. It, it's funny because in this last Lord's Day there was kind of like this anecdotal story that one of my pastors who's preaching talked about in which all these huge heads of, you know, professors of world religion were kind of talking about what makes Christianity unique versus Mm -hmm. all these other world religions. And they were talking and saying, oh, well, it's not the incarnation because you have all these other stories of gods incarnating in the human form. It's not the resurrection because you have all these gods, da, 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 doing this. And apparently the story goes that C.S. Lewis walked into us and said, what the devil is going on in here? (laughs) And said, (laughs) and they asked C.S. Lewis, well, what do you think is unique to Christianity that all the other world religions don't have? And he goes, Mm. oh, that's easy. Grace. Mm. All the other world religions will demand of you that you have to do that you have to give, that you have to prove yourself, and if you don't, you will receive wrath, and it is only Christianity that gives us this instrument of death as actually grace to us yeah, and keeps giving us that grace over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so how on earth are we as local churches going to say that we are going to pers- we are going to proclaim grace when we're actually just doing what every other world religion does and just tack on more law. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> it's a fantastic question, man. It really is, and I think again, we have to go back to the root of these things, right? Yeah. If you're looking at a man to become a pastor in your local church, and you are adding these extra biblical qualifications to him as a as and 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 not just not just in a way that's like hey we would like you to have some more training in these areas before you before you you know come on board right yeah. those are all good and prudent conversations to sure. have sure right but to mandate extra qualifications that are not in scripture of a pastor of an elder yeah it shows me that the root of how you are making your decisions is inherently flawed. Mm-hmm. And you're not trusting in the sufficiency of Scripture to dictate who and who not to bring forth to the congregation as a elder candidate. Yeah. Right? 
So when you are adding these things, like, oh, you know, he must, you know, he must be a father or he must have a master's in theology or you must tithe this in order to be a pastor. Like, you, those things in and of themselves might might be all well and good, but it's not what the Bible says. Yeah. Right? And we, 100% of the time, without exception, mm-hmm. when we deviate from what scripture says from what scripture demands yeah from what scripture tells us to do from how scripture tells us to do something mm-hmm. 100% of the time we are in the wrong and it's going to end in disaster because what we are doing is we are placing our logic our wisdom our knowledge our desires ourselves over the supremacy and the sufficiency and the authority of the word of God. Mm-hmm. And when you place yourself up against the inerrant, infallible word of God, you will lose 100% of the time. <laughs> you might think yeah. you're winning, but in the end, it's going to all burn down around you. Yeah. So we need to come back to this understanding that scripture gives the qualifications for who should be a pastor. Yeah. And we need to trust in those because there is wisdom in those. Right? Yeah, see, yeah, absolutely. And this even goes back to also this last Lord's Day where we talked about the ending of the epistle to the Galatians in which Paul mm-hmm. is um, boasting in the cross. And my one of my pastors made a note that the cross will both offend the liberal and the conservative. It will both offend okay. the um the person who is a uh a legalist and mm. also someone who gives into license. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's the same thing with scripture. Scripture will offend mm-hmm. the the legalist and it will also offend the liberal. Mhm. And if we don't have that kind of hermeneutic to the to the same degree, we're going to kind of fall in this category in which um, we're we're beyond <laughs> being being our hearts goaded in a certain way or our sure. our beings being goaded in a certain way in order to follow God. And so, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, it's just we're not saying this to own anybody like both. The cross of Jesus Christ is going to offend both the liberal and the and the conservative. The cross of Jesus Christ, theologically, the cross yeah. of Jesus Christ is going to offend theologically those two camps. It also will mm-hmm. offend. Scripture will also offend those two theological camps as well, True. because we primarily. This is the thing too. I think that a lot of people don't see this, but Josh and I are primarily critiquing people who would say they have conservative theology. Mm-hmm. And are conservative about things, but are obviously yeah. not following scripture. Sure. So it's not like we're going after people that are that are outside of our camp. Like we're yeah. trying to like reform and help people show them <laughs> that yeah. no, actually conservatives, theological conservatives, you need to read scripture and understand it and sit on it and chew on it better when it comes to adding to the qualifications of elders versus just tacking these things on 
and then expecting good to come out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, scripture is going to automatically attack and offend anyone who is placing anything above scripture. Yeah. It's just what it's going to (laughs) do. And literally everyone has has the ability to do that. Yeah. I don't care if you're a liberal or you're a conservative. I don't yeah. care if you're a legalist or or you know you're 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 an antinomianism. Yeah. You know, like the, the scripture is going to bonk you on the head. Mm-hmm. Because you're placing your own thoughts, your own desires, your own motives, whatever it may be, you're placing it above the authority of scripture. And again, when we add to the qualifications of a pastor, of an elder and you tack that on, you're just you're just adding to their shoulders a burden that scripture does not. Because if you look at the qualifications of an elder, if you even for a second begin to 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 take inventory of what the responsibilities are for someone who God has called to lead the church, the weight and the burden that is on that person. Now you're going to take all of that and and all of that is non-negotiable. All of that is that comes with the job, buddy. Yep. Okay. <laughs> right. This is what you, this is it what you signed up for. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. this is what you signed up for. Yeah. Right. And that's why Scripture calls, you know, elders to be uh, worthy of double honor. Yeah. Because of the responsibility that they have, and why we must take a sober look at ourselves and ask ourselves: Are we truly ready for this? Right. But obviously, there is so much joy that can be had in that when the expectations are aligned correctly. So you take that individual who already has all of those pressures, and now you're going to add even more unbiblical, extra biblical, right? I'll say extra biblical because, you know, having a bachelor's, you know, having a Bible degree isn't unbiblical, right? (laughs) Extra biblical qualifications, you're going to put that on top of them too. Mm hmm. So now not only do they have all of these pressures that come with the job, now they have all of these other expectations that because they are not rooted in scripture as yeah. the, you know this is what scripture mandates, they're going to they're going to ebb and they're going to flow and there's going to be there's going to be there's going to be miscommunications, there's going to be you know, you know, lack of clarity in the expectations. It just it never goes well. Yeah. So let's bring our understanding of what makes a pastor back to what scripture says makes a pastor. Mm-hmm. And it is a man who desires the office. Yep. It is a man whose gifts have been proven and have been have been authenticated, mm-hmm. been called, uh, as, as, have been agreed to by the local church. And it is a man that meets the qualifications given in Scripture. That's what it takes. Yeah. Now, other things can be good and helpful. Having a seminary degree can be helpful. Yeah. Being a father can be helpful, mm-hmm. you know, being, you know, having, you know, a lot of res- you know, having a lot of money, being a very successful businessman, it can be helpful, but it is not required yeah. and it should not be looked at as a, as a qualification to either accept you or to bar you from the office. It's just, that's yeah. just not what the Bible says. Yeah. And it really is that simple, Jack. Like, I feel like all of these questions, <laughs> like this is, I feel like I'm just hitting my head against the wall. It's just, that's not what the Bible says. But Go yeah, back to what the Bible says. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that the simplicity of that too gets diluted to what people are willing to give themselves to as well. Mm. So when you have a movement like what happened with Mars Hill. Yeah 
got all this commotion. You got all this dynamo, dynamos going on. You got this momentum yep. going. Ooh, I want to be a part of this quote unquote move of God. You know, I'll give myself to this. And then next thing you know, you got to give 10% if you want to be an elder. And literally, I have literally had friends. They were stonewalled for years because they financially could not get up to that 10% level. And yeah. literally, the Mars Hill staff would say, no, you're not becoming an elder if you can't reach financially to this point of giving. And to yeah. that, I would say, shame on you and anathema because mm. that is absolute garbage. You're, go- you're basically adding on to the text of Scripture and you're saying, you know better than the Scripture does. And then on top mm. of that, you're basically telling brothers that what they're giving to the church is not good enough. That's an absolute slap in the face. Mm. That's an absolute, just unequivocal denunciation of what you are supposed to be. You're supposed to be a shepherd of your people, and you basically just took a innocent sheep over to just basically break their leg because of what? They financially can't make it? Come on, man. <laughs> Hate to pull out the Joe Biden. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, gosh, I, I, hold on. I think this has to be the clip. I I feel like just the imperson like, come on, guys. Just you, you just squint your eyes. Come on. Yeah. You know, my dad always yeah. used to tell me, Joey, go get a job. Yeah, it's, always, it's always his dad. <laughs> Guys, guys, come on, Donald. Come on, Donnie. <laughs> guys, my dad told me he it's lost just... his job. He was in a union. Uh, yeah, dude, you have to get the, you have to get the, uh, uh, yeah. Ten, it's just 10%, man. Uh. So I'm sorry dumb. we have to cut and go directly in, from the serious to just jokes, but I'm sorry. It's what we, we do. To, it's, it's what, what we, we have do. to do. It's how we it's... have to cope. <laughs> It's how we roll, dude. (laughs) It's how we cope. (laughs) Uh, Come on, man. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I like it when you get riled up, man. I like. It's not just me. It's not just me. Like, like you know, it's. I'm not the only hothead here, right? Fire. (laughs) The fire will come. It's true. It's true, man. At the end of the day, guys, let's go back to the book. Mm -hmm. Like the Holy Spirit gave us what it gave us for a reason. Go back to what Scripture says. Right, scripture is sufficient. It's mm-hmm. sufficient to work these matters out. And don't think for a second that your worldly wisdom or your understanding of culture yep. or your idea of what the church needs in the current uh, Christianity climate that we're in, don't think that that trumps in any way or even comes close in any way to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit when yep. it comes to choosing leaders mm-hmm. for his church. Yep. All right. That's, we need to understand that. Yeah. All right. And s- stop <clears throat> adding these stupid extra biblical qualifications. <laughs> it just makes you look dumb. It does. It makes you look, it makes you look untrustworthy because, because here's the thing. Look, look. And again, I want to say this with grace, but at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm searching for a church, like, you know, for a friend or somebody like that. Yeah. One of the first things I always go to is the leadership page, right, uh-huh. or or you know, you know anything like that. And if they have any information, right, 
on, you know, what it takes to be an elder or anything like that. You know, sometimes I'll try to call the pastors and be like, so like, what does this look like? So I can understand what kind of church they are. If they, or, or, you know, where it pops up a lot on too, online church boards. Yep. They're looking for pastors. Uh huh. All right. If I see, you know, back, Mm. back when I was, back when I was, uh, you know, you know, searching, searching for a church job. Yeah. If I was online Mm -hmm. looking at church jobs and I saw one of the requirements was seminary, one of the requirements was seminary, I wouldn't even apply. Yeah. I, I, I have a seminary degree. Yeah. I qualified for the job. Yeah. But I don't want to be in an environment to where my education mm-hmm. is consi- is is on equal is on equal terms is on equal ground with the qualifications given in scripture. Yeah. I wouldn't even put an app in. Yeah. Because that tells me so much of the dynamic of how that church makes decisions. Yeah. And again, I know there's a lot of solid churches out there that do that, but I I I I say this with grace, guys. You got to stop it. Yep. You really you really do. Right? Seminary does not make a pastor. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I didn't come out of seminary knowing how to pastor. I didn't come out of seminary qualified to be a pastor. I came out of seminary with a head full of knowledge. Sure. That doesn't help me be a pastor. Yeah. And I can get that head full of knowledge. Give me enough time and enough books and RC Spr- and you know YouTube, RC Sproul. I like I'll I'll get there. Get enough logos, Bible software. Yeah, exactly. Not our spot not our sponsor, but just saying. No. <laughs> one day, one day. Again, I'm not anti-seminary. Yeah. But you know, I had the degree and I wouldn't even apply cuz I yeah. knew. Like that's just that's just not an environment I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Because it's not healthy. Yeah. I have not found it to be healthy. Yeah. So we got to go back to the book, people. Go back to scripture. It's sufficient. Trust in it. Trust in the qualifications that scripture lays out. They are enough. Trust in the wisdom of your fellow elders. Trust in the wisdom of your congregation. Trust in the and, wisdom of God yeah. who gave us the word, people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let's get back to that. Let's get yeah. back to that. All right, Jack, we have we have ranted and raved. <laughs> For forty plus minutes, and it's yeah. probably time to. It's probably time to. Big Evie, get out I think, here. is uh, about to sing here, sir. I think she so. has sung. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate Josh and I's fire, the fire in the belly, so to say. Fire. Um, no, we're not Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's fire in their hearts. That's the. That's true. Burning that's in the d- bosom, yeah. I think, is the term, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the fire in the belly is more a uh, a Baptist thing too, because we like our food. We'll have to have Ed. You know, you know, you know. We'll have to have Ed fact check that. Ed, <laughs> I know you're listening. Yeah. Send us a message. Tag yeah. the reform. What is the burning in the bosom? What is that? <laughs> I want to know what that is. Anyway, sorry, Jack. Con- continue. Yeah. Anyway, so if you appreciate our continued conversations to make the lo- local church central into your life as a believer, and also to even, dare I say, follow the tag Semper Reformato. You too can follow us on the Reformatory. That's right. You can go to the Metaverse, Mm -hmm. the Facebook, Mm -hmm. if you will. Yes. 
uh, which stock is plunging right now, and they're laying people off Absolutely in, in masses. Uh, you could go to the Instagram, kind of Facebook light, so to say. Goes well with yeah. marshmallow and chocolate. Uh, you could go to the <laughs> the uh, the mob, <laughs> the Coliseum of our day, Twitter, Seriously. <laughs> the Tweaker, the Little Blue Bird, uh, Muskerville, so to say, like I like to call it. Um, you can follow us all at those sociable pages at the tag at reformatory pod and josh you can tell the lovely people how they might continue to support us in other ways that's right well ladies and gentlemen we have exclusive content and it is Mm. found exclusively over on the patreon so if you would like to join our patreon this is what you're going to get you're going to get this app that you're listening to right now you're listening to this on thursday yeah if you're listening to it when it first came out yeah. If you're one of those listeners, right? You mm. could have had this days ago. You could have already been you could have already been done with this app and had multiple, multiple bonus apps sent straight to your podcast Patreon app. We give exclusive content just for our patrons. We call it the pod luck. Oh yes. And we would love Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> joyous. <laughs> and we would love you to join. For a $5 holla. That mm-hmm. is it. $5 yes. a month gets you early access to this episode, two exclusive episodes per week, exclusive invite to a Zoom smoke sesh when we can schedule that. Dude, there's, and then we're just going to be adding more stuff. Like, like it's, it's all for five bucks. Yeah. For a $5 holla, you too could become a Patreon supporter, and our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is our pledge to you. Last but not least, wherever you listen, if your listening platform gives you the ability to rate and review this podcast, Mm -hmm. we would ask that you do so. We would ask that you would give us five stars for five solos. Leave us a little review. Tell us where you found the podcast. Tell us what you like about the podcast. We would really, really appreciate that. We thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. Reformatory.